So as I said, we're continuing the second week of Advent on the theme of love, and you've heard that already in the service from the music to the children's message to the scriptures that we read. Uh, I want to just catch you up if you weren't here last week or if you've forgotten what we talked about. Last week, we were in uh, the book of Isaiah, an Old Testament prophet, and we, we looked at the topic of sin and um, how it's, it, uh, it's probably a given, it separates us from God, but I, I, I admitted in the, the sermon last week, I've always tended to think of that in eternal terms and not recognized in the here and now the effect of sin in my life. And Isaiah made the strong point that sin uh, clogs up our ears and, and covers over our eyes to keep us from hearing and seeing and experiencing God here and now. Uh, we, we may uh, have this eternal hope in Christ, but sin also matters today and tomorrow. And so uh, Isaiah urged his listeners to repent again and again, so that their ears could be unclogged, their eyes could see uh, what God was doing. And the, the note of hope in the middle of all that sin talk was that God doesn't leave us to our own resources and devices, but Isaiah named three things. God will send, this was a long time ago, will send a redeemer, and God has given us his word, and God has given us his spirit. And so he said through these three resources, you know, turn again to the Lord that your ears may be open and you may hear. We also looked at Peter's sermon in Acts where those same things were mentioned, where he said Jesus Christ is that redeemer, that promised one. God has given his word. The Holy Spirit is here. And so we saw the, the great hope that we have uh, through Jesus Christ that even in our sin, and we talked a bit about how we've all sinned, uh, we have the hope of knowing and seeing and experiencing the Lord, not just forever and ever in eternity, but day to day. So today we turn to this topic of love. And as you uh, heard, we're in John 1 and John 3. And this connects to last week's sermon in that there's still a little bit the topic of sin going on when we get to the topic of judgment and, um, and God sent his son to save the world. We're still talking about sin, but we're getting today at the, the reason that God comes after us, right? That was part of the message of hope last week was that God didn't just kind of leave us on our own, but God has come after us and given us a redeemer and his word and his spirit so that we might know him. Today, uh, John in the, the first and third chapter explains why, why God did that. And I'll go ahead and spoil the, the ending for you. It's love because God loves us. God loves the world. God loves this world that he made and declared good. Uh, men and women, humanity that God made in his image. He loves us, so he comes after us. He's not waiting to squish us, uh, but comes after us again with his son, with his word, with his spirit. So I want to start today in um, John 1 and look at verses 4 and 5 with you. You've already heard this read, but let me read it for you again. In him, in Christ, was life. And that life was the light of humanity. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. I want to talk about two things uh, that, that Jesus is. This is one of our first lessons in confirmation class to talk about this. Uh, John gives us these wonderful images, things we know about in order to understand God, to understand Jesus Christ as God among us. First, in him was life. 
Jesus brings us life. And we, we talk about the, what that means to bring life. We talk about a person being the life of a party. And maybe you know some people like that. that just uh, you know, energizes the room when they're there. And, and people kind of hang on their every word. And they, you enjoy being around them. That's one sense of life. We also talk about life um, in contrast to death. Right, life. We, a baby is born into the world in life, and we uh, struggle through our lives. And 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 life is the the thing that uh, you know gives us life and breath and and motion and movement and all. That's alive. Jesus brings that to us. But more than that, Jesus doesn't just bring life; he is life. Like in his person, he is life. And so that's part of who. John, the, the writer of the gospel, is holding out to us is this, this person. He, he's, he's yet to kind of explain that he's God and man all at once. But he says, he is life. In him is life. And he goes on to then say, and that life is the light of the world. So there's a second image. In confirmation when we class, class we talk about what, what is light? What does that do for you? Well, if you're in the dark and you can't see, it, um, it, it keeps you from stumbling into things. Right? It keeps you safe. It helps you uh, see where you're going. It illuminates uh, the, the place where you are. Maybe you're trying to read and it's dark and light uh, lets you see. Well, Jesus is that to the world. He brings light. But he doesn't just bring it. John says he is the light of the world in his person. Right? So Jesus brings life and light to us, to the world. But there is... It, in some way, in his very being, he is those things. That's why we capitalize it. He's capital L life, capital L light uh, sent to us. Skipping over to John 3, then, in verse, I'm going to start at verse 17. I'll come back to the famous verse in a second. But in John 3, 17, um, John talks about why God did and did not send Jesus into the world. He says, God did not send the Son into the world to judge it, but that the world might be saved. Right? It brings up that topic again of sin, of separation. Why did God send Jesus into the world to save the world? Right? Not to keep the separation going, but to reconcile it, to, to reconnect us to God, to bring us home. Then he goes on to, to talk a little bit about uh, judgment and about belief, but I want to boil it down to two things um, of what God asks from us. And they're up on the screen there, right? He's, he's not come to, to weigh our sins in the balance. They matter, right? But the reason Jesus has come and, and what God asks of us is to believe in the one that he sent, the only begotten son, and to do, to practice the truth, the things that Jesus taught. Um, and there's this word in there that... Um, is kind of an old-fashioned word, wrought. Uh, it may, if you've heard of a, a wrought iron fence, it, it harkens back to a time when smiths uh, shaped metal by hand and hammered on them. And that's what wrought means. It's to hammer on a piece of heated metal until you shape it into the shape you want. So when John is writing in verse 21 about doing, practicing the truth uh, so that our deeds that were wrought by God uh, might bring glory to God. It's talking about this work that God does in our life of shaping us, of heating up the forge, of uh, hammering on us until we display the works of God. In other words, they, those good deeds originate in God, but we are to 
live them out. What does God ask of us? He asks us to believe in Jesus and to do the things he tells us to do. It's not what saves us. Jesus saves us. But that's the, the invitation to come be a part of what God is doing. Well, if you back up to John 3.16, arguably the best known verse in the Bible, just kind of generally because it's, you know, people put it on their face and their t-shirts and their shoes. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And if you ask me most days out of my life what that verse is about, I would tell you it's about salvation. Right? You believe in Jesus, the one that God sent, and he saves you from your sin. We talked last week about sin, uh, what that uh, entails. We talked about the Ten Commandments, how every one of us at some point in our life is breaking one of those commandments. And if you somehow squeak by not stealing or murdering or coveting, uh, or dishonoring your parents, or just you know, not observing the Sabbath, or not committing idolatry. Jesus says, it's not just the external, but you need to keep all those in your heart. Right? That's also sin, to let that kernel of, of anger, or lust, or idolatry, or greed well up in your heart. And more than that, we talked about sins of commission. Right? Those are the, when we break God's law, that's, that's sin. But we also talked about the sins of commission. Omission, like the two parables Jesus told, right? The, the, the two religious folks, I always get convicted by that, who walked by the man in need, and it was the Samaritan that, that helped the man in need. They were the good neighbor. The two that walked by on the other side of the road, those were sins of omission. They did not show the compassion of God. They did not help the one uh, in need. We talked about uh, the other parable of the sheep and the goats, where Jesus uh, describes the righteous as the ones who helped those who were hungry and naked and in prison and in sick. Uh, and, and to the degree that you helped them, he says, you, you showed me compassion. And again, the sin was the sin of omission, of not helping the stranger, the one in need. We talked even about um, corporate sin. It's not just our individual sin that counts. It's when we are part of uh, cultural sin, like racism or greed or idolatry, all of that. I was just making the point, you don't have to convince me that I'm sinful. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And I said, that's one of the things that's easiest for me to believe. Uh, just because I, I recognize how often I, I sin in one of those ways. John 3.16 says, despite that sin, God, God's action, God's salvation is greater than that. And in Christ, we can be made right with God. That's the, good, that's the core gospel, the good news that Christians everywhere have believed. And for all of my life, that's what I focus on. John 3.16, it's a, it's a way to remember the, um, the act of salvation right towards us. God gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Believe in Christ, your sins will be forgiven. Now, I said the first part, I've said it all my life. But I skipped right over it. It's the why. It's the why. For God so loved the world. Amen. Right? Thank you. Thank God. God so loved the world that he, did, he comes after us in our sin. That he gives us a redeemer, a savior, his word, his spirit. That he teaches us what he wants and invites us to be a part. He doesn't just forgive us. He says, come be a part of my work in the world. All of that... God loves you. 
God loves us. That's why we have a whole candle. <laughs> that's way more than why we have a candle. Uh, but that, that's what we're thinking about today. And I think a little bit, too, about uh, that, that light of love. Just as life and light are embodied in Christ, God's love is embodied in Christ. It is in his person. So to know Jesus Christ, to have a relationship with Christ, is to know God's love in your life. Now think about, having said all that, I recognize with Isaiah, actually, go back one for me if you would, Mike. Huh, either one's fine. Um, yeah, you can go to the next one. I recognize, like Isaiah says, and like even John says, we spend so much of our time still in sin. We live in darkness. So says John 1, John 3. And yet God comes to us in Christ. And I just wanted to offer these two images for how different people and, and maybe even you at different times respond to the hope and the love of God in Christ. Right? If you are in the dark, lost somewhere out in the dark, and you see a light coming towards you, what John 3 is saying is, the light is not like the police and you've done something wrong and they're coming to get you. It's like the rescue party come to bring you home. Right? So when we think about our sin, I think so many of us, again, different people, but even in the same person, at times we think, oh, I've just messed up so much. And the thought of coming near to God or being in his house or reading his word, the fear is that God's the, the, the police. Right? He's coming to squish me, to judge me. To get me. And John 3 says, that's not why Jesus came into the world, but it was as a rescuer. It's what Savior means, rescuer. It's what Jesus' name means, the rescuer. So that's one image. If you realize that you're far from God, you're in the, the dark, you're lost, that, that light that is Christ, the, the life and light and love that is Christ, is not the police come to arrest you and get, get you and throw you in jail forever. It is the rescue party sent to bring you home. A second image, also from Scripture, is that if you recognize you are far from home, lost, separated from God, and the thought is, well, I, I, need to, I need to get right with God. Maybe I need to go back to church or get back in His Word or just kind of get my life in order. I think about the, the parable of the prodigal son. And so many of us carry in our, our, our hearts and minds this, this image of God as a, an angry parent. Right? So if I, if I come back, God's going to make me pay for all, all that sin. God's going to be angry. God is angry at me. But Jesus told the parable of the prodigal, kind of the, um, you know, the quintessential wanderer far from home, um, who goes back home, and he doesn't find an angry parent there. He finds a loving father who had been looking out for him and who uh, kind of ridiculously and foolishly in front, you know, makes a spectacle of himself running down the road to greet his son and throw his robe around him and welcome him home and throw a party for him. Um, again, it's a second image of the God who not only comes after us to invite us and reclaim us and welcome us home, but does so joyfully and lovingly, right? Not, not with anger, not with vengeance, not with punishment for us, but in love. So if you don't hear anything else today... God loves you. God loves you. Jesus took that truth, and again and again, this is how he would express it to the people around him, who, who 
you know, were of all sorts of backgrounds and educations and even nationalities and, and even uh, other religions, like the, the Samaritan variation on Judaism. He simply came to them and didn't say, this is what you're doing wrong. You better get that fixed. This is what you're doing wrong. He said to each one, come, believe, follow me. It's his invitation because God had sent him to welcome the world home to all who would come and believe and follow him. So to wrap up, Jesus said, I am the light of the world embodied in himself. He also said, and we don't always realize this, he also said to his followers, you are the light of the world. In other words, you are the light of God, the light of me, Jesus, out in the world. And you reflect the glory of God in your behavior, your words, your actions. So he sends us out as light. At the end of the day, today's sermon, however, is is not so much a go and do sermon. I mean, that is true. But it's, you know, so often uh, we just miss the listen to the good news, right? God comes after you, not to get you, at least not in the way we think, but to get us because he loves us. And that makes all the difference. It shapes how we reenter the world. It shapes how we relate to each other. It shapes our own understanding of sin and life and purpose and mission. Um, and it is... It's probably the most profound thing we can say, that God loves you and God loves me. So amen. May God help us to understand and receive, internalize and act on his word to us.